2: Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.
1: Welcome everybody to the SI Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer, back for another week. Tons of stuff going on, big show today. Let me lay it all out for you. We will be speaking to Rich Eisen of the NFL Network first up. He's actually calling Eagles-Jaguars this Sunday morning from London on the NFL Network. I think it's the first time Rich is doing play-by-play, so we'll talk to him about that. And then after uh, Eisen, he was supposed to be a solo guest. And then after all the uh, Mike Francesa app stuff happened on Monday, I reached out to Andrew Marshan, who was on last week. He's going to do a few minutes with us this week, just on Francesa and the app. So if you're not from New York, you don't care about Francesa, Rich Eisen will start it off. Listen to him, and then you can stop the podcast. If you are into the FAN New York Francesa stuff, stick with the podcast after Eisen, and me and Andrew will get into it. Um, I usually never start off just by riffing and ranting, but Monday was so crazy, I figured let me just touch on a few things. I, I What a day Monday was from a sports media and sports standpoint. It started, obviously, with... Uh, Marshan of the New York Post, breaking the story that James Dolan, who owns Madison Square Garden, the Knicks and the Rangers, uh, has has this war going on with my former colleague, Maggie Gray, who worked at SI.com forever and is one of the best people who've ever worked here. Uh, Could not be a better colleague, could not be a harder worker, could not be more dedicated to what she does. Uh, But Maggie, I guess back in August, did a little rant on James Dolan and called him a, quote, vile piece of trash. So I think any time you do that, uh, you can't be shocked that there is a reaction. I don't think it's that outlandish. I mean, listen, it's a little out of character for Maggie knowing her, but um, I don't think... I mean, it, it's Sports Talk Radio. I think stuff like that gets said. I'm not defending her, but you know, people get called names on Sports Talk Radio. It comes with the territory, but obviously James Dolan has thin skin, and he is unleashing this <laughs> battle now with... Maggie's station, WFAN, which is owned by Entercom. And I guess uh, MSG doesn't want to deal with any Entercom stations, which is comical because uh, no one, uh, FAN is not going to be hurt by some, you know, unknown New York Ranger player not doing an interview with them. Uh, nobody cares. Even in the Knicks, I mean, outside of Porzingis, is not a Nick anybody needs to hear from. It's not like this is going to hurt their rating. So, not exactly sure what James Dolan is accomplishing. It's not really a punishment that's going to, uh, That has any teeth. Let's just say that. Of course, though, the Maggie thing gets spun into the Mike Francesa uh, app future at FAN thing because he started talking about Maggie and the Dolan story. And then Mike says uh, during his he he sort of then went in a different direction after he got done with Maggie and said that he doesn't know if his app and his FAN show can work together because Mike is charging people nine dollars a month. To basically, watch his radio show. The radio show is free every single day on Fan. If you're paying nine dollars a month for the app, you're just getting the video version of it on your phone or tablet or whatever. So that's Mike's admission there that he might be struggling there with subscribers. He'll never say that. He'll never admit it. But that's what that's about. And then you got into then you go to the night, and uh, you know you had the Roman Reigns bombshell on on Monday Night Raw right at eight o'clock at the top there. And uh, I'm a huge Roman fan. I've said that many times. He's been on the SI Media Podcast. It's in the archives from, I believe, April, if you want to go back and check it out. It was very funny, too. I totally botched a question to Roman and asked him how he felt being a 42-year-old when he was 32, and he, you know, busted my chops about that, and it was very funny. Really good guy. I've interviewed him in person a couple of times. It's just so nice. The news was shocking, and I didn't know he had leukemia in the past. Uh, So, you know, that was going on, and, uh, you know, Obviously, that's a real-life thing, more important than radio wars and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, Monday Night Football, uh, ESPN has a problem. I mean, they have a big problem. That telecast is now, it's it's on the border right now of being unwatchable. I know a lot of people have issues with the broadcast team, and they had a rough night. There's no doubt about it. But overall, that telecast is a disaster. The, the amount of times they cut to the booth is is insane. It's just insane. And they love that shot showing me the back of Jason Witten and Joe Tessitore's head. What is that doing for anyone? And then I got to see the back of Booger McFarlane's head while he's on a crane. That telecast, here's the problem they have. The telecast, you would think it's a new crew, give them time. It's not getting better each week. It's getting worse each week. Last night was rough. And they're on the border now of being unwatchable. That is a rough telecast. They don't want to show you the game. ESPN has no interest in showing you the game. They want to make Joe Tessitore, Jason Witten, and Booker McFarlane the stars of a Monday night show from you know eight to twelve. Basically, it's 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 rough. It's rough. So crazy day on Monday with all that going on. So we'll we'll, we'll get into the Francesa Maggie Gray Dolan stuff with Andrew Marshan a little later. Let's kick things off now though with the NFL networks. Rich Eisen. On the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. Joining me now from the NFL Network, big week for this guy, past guest here on the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast, Rich Eisen. Rich, how are you?
2: How are you, James?
1: Doing well. When are you leaving for London?
2: I leave uh, after my Rich Eisen show on Wednesday. So okay. As soon as I'm done, a few hours later, my show is conveniently located down the street on the at t campus, down the street from LAX, so... Wheels up, man. Heading oh. out. Got guest hosts uh, for three of my shows, Thursday and Friday uh, and Monday, because I can't get out of uh, London in time right. to get back to L.A. Uh, and I got Siciliano is going to be doing And Siciliano is doing my Friday show. Dion is sitting in for me Monday.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: and um, I have him sitting down with Morgan Freeman for that show. Oh, wow. Pop culture, Worlds Collide with Dion and Morgan Freeman. That's got to be fun. Have you
1: interviewed Morgan Freeman before? Because I was going to say that could bum you out. Okay, okay.
2: I have indeed. He's a big golf nut. He watches a ton of golf.
1: That's Um, a good guess
2: right there. It's fun stuff.
1: So Mr. Eisen will be calling Eagles-Jaguars Sunday morning, 9.30 Eastern, NFL Network only. Now, now Kurt Warner, Michael Irvin, Steve Mariucci, all three will be in the booth with you for the whole game.
2: Correct. All four of us together, A four-man booth, which has never been attempted before. I was going to say
1: it's got a little Naked Gun thing going on there. Are you?
2: Are you nervous? <laughs> what do you mean by that? Like you, you're talking about like, look, if we're if we're all as good as is that booth from Naked Gun that you're referring to, like Vital, Enberg, Mel Allen. I think they were all in there, right? Yep. Am I mean, Mr. Kirk a Ga- was
1: Kirk Gowdy in there? Kirk Gowdy.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, if we're any, if we're as good as that, yeah. Um, and hopefully nobody tries to kill the queen. Nope. <laughs> uh, um, so. How fitting uh, you're in look, London.
1: Yes. I didn't even make that connection.
2: Look, when they first, um, you know, I first got a call about this being possible during the summer. Um, and my first thought was there's a reason why a four man booth hasn't been attempted before because I mean, it's way too many voices, but they're like, let's give it a try. It's obviously promotional for game day morning. Um, and Kurt does, uh, Monday Night Football radio broadcasts. Um, Mooch has done, uh, on occasion, um, a couple of broadcasts himself. Um, and Irvin is Irv. Um, I've, I did a senior bowl, I can't even remember when. All I know is it's, uh, you could peg the date, it was the one that, um, uh, uh, Lane Kiffin coached on behalf of the Raiders who he was in such an awful spat with <laughs> that he showed up to the, uh, the pre-broadcast meeting um, with us wearing a plain black track suit with no Raiders logo <laughs> on it because he was so pissed off at Al Davis. Um, so that's the only other time I've attempted to do this. Um, but I will say this we've rehearsed it twice and um, it's been a uh, great I mean, uh, there were a couple times where I I had to fill time between the snaps because the guys were so mindful of not saying anything when they didn't have something to say um, that it is something I think people will be surprised at how listenable it is. And we are very mindful of not talking too much best we can. I mean, I think we're going to be a little hyped first quarter, you know. uh, Right. You know um, emotionally just because we're there and it's a great scene in wembley from what i've been told um but we're ready and i think i think people will be surprised at how it works and the reason why it works is it's not a four-man booth that's just been thrown together it's uh, four guys that have been broadcasting together for seven years and know each other's body language and and cadences and when they are up for talking or not
1: certainly be an interesting experiment i think it's a, i mean it's a good it's a standalone 9:30 game NFL Network. If you're gonna experiment and fool around, I guess this is the time to do it. I mean, not that you'll be fooling around. I'm sure you'll take the broadcast. No, I know seriously. what you mean.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. Could we be. would call it. We would call it taking a risk. Yeah. We would call it risk taking. Yeah.
1: Uh, and you get Eagles Jaguars. So you, interesting storyline. I mean, the Eagles coming off the Super Bowl not playing well at all, and then the Jaguars have obviously collapsed. Yeah, they're both
2: teams are both teams are three and four. Um, after, um, you know, the Jaguars started 2-0. and They've lost 4 of 5. They've benched their quarterback just last week, and they're reinstalling him in time uh, for this game, leading to a bye week during which there is a trade deadline if they do want to get particularly bold. Um, so that is something that we'll be keeping an eye on. Uh, and Then you've got an Eagles team that, uh, as we all know, um, didn't start Carson Wentz till week three that is clearly having some form of a Super Bowl hangover. Uh, the neat thing is two guys in the broadcast team are guys who have won a Super Bowl, and uh, one of them is a guy who actually was able to repeat as a Super Bowl champion, and there's only been four of those in the Super Bowl um, uh, era. I mean, there's only been four of those since, I guess, the late 80s. Uh, you've got the Niners, you've got Irv's Cowboys, you've got the Broncos, and you've got the Patriots, and that's all she wrote. So it's going to be an interesting conversation as to what the Eagles look like, certainly with a trade deadline coming up and maybe LaShawn McCoy or or Le'Veon Bell being on their radar screen. Depends on how bold the Eagles want to get. Um, And, you know, should the game get out of hand, as some London games are are (laughs) apt to be, um, then you've got the four guys who whose job on a Sunday morning normally is to set the stage for a full Sunday slate. Right. For a pregame show, you've just got us in all, all together and in, in just a different construct. So, you know, we're ready for whatever comes.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you, one of the things I wanted to get into with you, you mentioned it a couple of times there about trades. Uh, it, all of a sudden now we're getting in-season NFL player trades, not just, you know, draft picks. Um, which I know as a fan, I love. I think it adds a level of excitement I'm, you're a fan you're in the business I'm sure you're enjoying it too I mean we've got our Amani Toomer I, Amani Toomer Amani Cooper uh yeah. you know Carlos Hyde there's rumblings about Patrick Peterson who knows what goes on with Eli uh, is has the NFL what do we owe the recent spat here of player trades and can we I don't please know continue I, I think
2: this? I think um you know teams are more are more apt to cough up draft picks than before um, and the, the, players that you're talking about, uh, Amari Cooper is a 24 year old with one year of contractual control left at 14 million bucks who apparently told the Cowboys he was not interested or he was be willing to be traded and not talk about a new contract right now. Right. Um, so that makes him, um, that makes him more attractive. Um, from what I heard, a bunch of teams were willing to give up a two and then the Cowboys raised their hand and said, we'll give you one. And that was the end of that auction. Um, and you know you can uh, I think everyone would agree that Cooper is not worth a one to to see how viable he is potentially for just a, a year and a half um, until he balls out and then, then then we can maybe see if he does turn them suddenly into a viable Super Bowl threat I mean if he if, if the Amari Cooper of the first two years shows up in Dallas um, they, they are they are, easily an NFC East contender based on that defense. If that defense, if they give that defense with Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch and, uh, you know, Demarcus Lawrence, David Irving, Randy Gregory, uh, taco Charlton. I mean, that is a, that is a potent front seven that left Deshaun Watson basically with a collapsed lung a couple of weeks ago. So if Amari Cooper shows up and can turn that offense into something that can provide two to three touchdowns a week on average, then the Cowboys have a chance to win the NFC East, and then who knows what. Uh, I, I don't no. think anybody's beaten the Rams in the NFC, quite frankly. Right. But if Dallas thinks he's worth a one, the general manager's definitely not getting fired. So uh, they they have the ability to, to, to have to pull <laughs> off a trade like that. Yeah. Now, when you're you know uh, talking about Carlos Hyde, uh, obviously you have a Cleveland uh, team that uh, has all these young kids that they want to get in, and then you've got a Jaguars team that you know. Well, we're going to see this week. I mean, if, it's very simple to say what are they missing from last year. It's 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 a a consistent, potent hammer from the from the running back position that Fournette hasn't been around. So, you know, even though Bortles did win games in which Fournette wasn't playing in last year, they at least had some form of a rhythm and some form of a confidence platform from which to build everything. This year, they don't have it. So, we'll, we'll see what happens. And I don't know who else is out there that can. That can, uh, you know, be uh, worthy of a trade right now. That is well, available, but I think teams are proving that they're they're more apt to not cough. They're more apt to not worry about coughing up draft picks. Than yeah, previous I years.
1: mean, the NFL trade deadline used to come and go with nothing happening, and I think if listen, the NFL has done a lot of things to help its popularity. They don't even need to do much more. But if you make the trade deadline active with players being shopped around and traded, as a whole, new sort of. Uh, thing for people to be interested in and it's fun so you know uh,
2: yeah I don't know what it is too Jimmy I mean this uh, you know I've, I've been doing my show now uh, we just we're about to celebrate our fourth anniversary uh being a simulcast we, we came on as a radio show four years ago uh earlier this month um and this October for me seems particularly intense yeah um with non-stop uh conversation Uh, over a host of sports um, that we haven't had before. The NBA moved up the start of their season last year to the middle of October, and now that LeBron in Los Angeles uh, is part of that mix, the NBA has just flown out of the gate. College football has been lit. The NFL this year, I think, you you see the ratings are up. Um, It certainly helps when you don't have – you know a, a president bashing the sport for political purposes every single day I'm shocked he has um, not done that and way. and baseball baseball we I think we all saw in October like this coming with the Yankees and the Red Sox and Houston being involved with a, a wide open NL I mean it's been particularly entertaining and I have not had uh a boring Monday show for sure yet. Oh, yeah. I mean it's been it's been great. And I and I didn't even mention obviously mm. uh hockey and there's a lot of Pucks fans out there, but um it's been great. This October's been really terrific yeah. and, and, and the fact that there's a trade deadline of significance at the very end of it for the NFL I think only enhances it.
1: I, I want to get to LeBron in LA since you're out there, but I want to stick with the NFL for a little bit. Um the this is my power rankings. Tell me if this is crazy, and then I want to hear yours. Most exciting teams in the NFL to watch this season. I'm going. I'll give you three. The top three. Okay. One Chiefs, two Rams, three Browns. The Browns. Have been,
2: I dare you dispute well, have been me. Fight uh, me on exciting. that. Exciting. The Browns have been exciting. Like you, if you think, if you're if you think a car crash is exciting and you're driving past it, I mean that's more rubbernecking than anything else. It counts. You know, I guess. I guess so. I mean, they played four overtime games in seven weeks. It's insane. It's also Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield is a lot of fun to watch too. And a lot of people just enjoy watching the Browns meltdown and the ISO Mm -hmm. shots on the sideline of, of Hugh Jackson and all that stuff. Uh, I'll, 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 you know, I'll, I'll go another one better in terms of a more positive way, you know, um, You've got I, I you know the Chiefs are incredible. they they are incredible, but the Rams are the best team in the NFL, and it's not even close as far as I'm concerned, right? It's just not even close. The Rams have elite people everywhere. They are of an elite running back. They have an elite head coach. They have an elite defensive coordinator. Their special teams coach is elite. Their kicker's elite. Their punter is elite. As I mentioned, their running back's elite. Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup are an elite threesome. I will put them up with anybody else in the league. I know that the Monday night crew was crowing about Atlanta's threesome last night. I think that's only because Atlanta was on their broadcast. Um, their left tackle is elite. Their defensive tackle is elite. When to Tlaib is playing at a high level like Marcus Peters, they are elite. You could say their quarterback is elite. You can have an argument on the front of anybody uh, in their front office, uh, their, their, their general manager, their president, their owner. You should see the stadium they're building here. They are my preseason favorite, and I am not even stuttering when I come to wavering on that front. That I, the Chiefs it, need to get better defensively, and if you want to give me a third power ranking, i give you the Bears. The Bears have been exciting. I mean, yeah. from Khalil Mack to everything else, but I understand they don't have the, the Browns car crash uh, right. rubbernecking element right. to
1: it. The hard knocks thing, I think, is a factor, too, and and seeing how bad Hugh Jackson is is always amusing. Does it Does it bother you at all? even a little bit, that the league is now defense-optional?
2: I don't think they're defense-optional. Warren Sapp, when he was doing Game Day Morning uh, a few years ago, said um, that defense no longer wins championships. It gives you a chance offense wins championships. And that's Warren Sapp, a Mm -hmm. guy who funneled everything to Derek Brooks and John Lynch behind him in a cover two that uh, that still is mimicked today. But if so, the Chiefs don't
1: win the Super Bowl, isn't that going to sort of bust up his theory?
2: Well, the Chiefs might not even make it to the championship because right. uh, Tom Brady still resides right. and breathes and and hasn't shown a single ounce of a drop off. Right. You know. Uh, I mean, don't forget him. I mean that that was my preseason was Patriots and Rams, and as great as Patrick Mahomes is, um, you know, there's going to be some times where you you you're, you need to outpoint him. And who's the team that can do it? It's the Rams. But then again, I mean that Saints Ravens game this weekend was terrific. Yeah. I mean both teams were able to actually put some points on the board, but it wasn't on tilt and there was a serious defensive battle that yep. was going on. Yep. Um so I'm I'm not saying it's defensive optional now, but you know, the rules have have created a situation where more and more offense is occurring. Um and i think the team with the best offense will win if it, you know the the era of the number 1 defense beating the number 1 offense i think is over if that's what you mean
1: well i, I i'm 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 just amazed. I'm amazed at how bad so many teams are on defense i'm talking about like not even competitive in a way
2: um, well, part of that too, Jimmy, is the fact that there's there's less practice time. That there's less time to put teams in pads. Right. I mean that that is exactly you know I know that everyone keeps saying that the owners destroyed the players in their in their uh, collective bargaining negotiation the last time, um, but the players absolutely got from ownership from management much to the dismay of coaches. You I mean every coach will tell you. You know about how they can't develop players, they can't develop quarterbacks, they can't get these guys game ready, they can't get them in pads, right. that the preseason is now uh, much ado about nothing, and the preseason actually is now the first two weeks of the regular season. Right. Um, and so they will lament that all the time, and that you don't teach tackling, you don't teach all of that stuff. And I, I think that there's a certain legitimate aspect of it, but um, I, I don't think players seem to mind when it comes to it.
1: I'm. I'm going to ask you a very stupid question because it's impossible. Great setup. Yes,
2: great setup. It's
1: impossible man. to analyze this now, but just for shits and giggles, let's say everything stays the same. There's no major catastrophe with injuries between now and four weeks from now. Four weeks from now, Monday night, Chiefs Rams. Give me a final score prediction.
2: Are we? Are, go, are both teams I'll getting go, in the forties? I'll go. I'll go Rams, forty-five Chiefs. Thirty-eight.
1: All right. That's actually low-scoring, I think, for that one.
2: Uh, I, I would do that. Well, it's also yeah. going to be Mexico City, right. and both team both teams have already won in Denver, so they're already they're already have played a game in altitude. Right. Uh, I mean, in the Rams again. Uh, I'll keep tooting the Rams horn, man. The Rams uh, won an opening night game in the black hole when Gruden's returning, mm-hmm. and everybody was feeling that the Raiders could really do some damage, and ESPN was there. It was all set up for the Rams to stumble, and they didn't, even even though they, they, they lost the first half, if you will. Mm. Okay, They've already won the following games at home. I mean, they've already won the following games. Uh, a home game, short week game with the Vikings coming in with Kirk Cousins and all of that offense on full display. Dalvin Cook came back and was healthy. They won that track meet at home. Then the next week, they go uh, on the road and play Seattle in a dynamite, Paint swapping, old school affair where the twelves were in full throat, and God bless. I don't know. Brian Schottenheimer did something to that offense, and they were gashing uh, the Rams. Both Cup and Cooks got knocked out of the game, and they still won it. Then the next week, they go on the road to Denver, play the first sub-freezing uh, temperature c- at kickoff game of the year with snow in the morning, and in um, in. Altitude won that one. Then they go on the road for a third consecutive week, and they beat a 49ers team that had just threatened and shocked everybody and how they could have beaten Aaron Rodgers on the road. They won all of those games in a row, three in a row on the road. They are tested. They are. I I can't rave about them enough. I can but tell. they don't get enough attention because they play out here in Los Angeles, mm. and that's a fact.
1: Yeah. I think just I think the Chiefs are stealing a little a little of their thunder because of the Mahomes thing and their their offense is just maybe slightly a teeny tiny bit more uh, adventurous although it's really not so I don't I don't know what the Rams deal is there but the Chiefs seem to be getting all the attention it seems like I, I want you mentioned the first game the Rams played on Monday night with Gruden and ESPN I don't know if you sort of want to critique other outlets and other Booths, but everyone seems to have an opinion on the Monday night booth. They're seven weeks in now. Um, anything on the tour Witten, Booger McFarlane, <laughs> or would you like to take <laughs> a pass? What do you
2: pass? mean by anything? What do you mean? Well, what I thought mean?
1: I thought last night was one of the worst telecasts I've ever seen in my life. How's that?
2: Hmm. Why do you think that?
1: The ASPN has no interest in showing you the game. None. They want to show what you. What do you, you mean? They want to show you. They want to make the three people – the stars they don't care about, i mean well they're the, trying to
2: establish right, i mean but, they're trying i mean look but wait, the wait same let me just that, say one thing let me just way, look it, it, it'd be, it would be very um presumptuous of me to critique another and i'm not right no no it, okay? I, you should say I'm, I'm about to be, i'm about to do play by play of the first right. ever four human being booth i think that's ever been attempted so let me say so my look issue at it this way though look at it this way and and at least for us, the four the four people have known the, each other for years. Like uh, Michael Irvin spoke at my daughter's baby naming. Okay, Mooch and Mooch uh, Mooch. I ran into Mooch in in Italy uh, on a family trip. I got you. Chemistry days before I he got just joined. You. So so, but these they they have not. They but, they don't. I mean, Jason Witten, bless him. Last night didn't know Giorgio Tavecchio wasn't a rookie. Mm-hmm because he's been playing in Dallas, I, I, I bet you he might not have even known who Joe Tessator
1: was. But my issue is not the announcers. I mean, as much, did, but... I just want to be clear. My issue is not so much the announcers as it's the overall telecast. The, I'll give you a quick example. The Giants are down two touchdowns. There's like four and a half minutes left. They're in hurry-up. They're moving down the field. The teams are lined up. And ESPN showed me the back of Booger McFarlane's head while he's on a crane.
2: Yeah, that shot it's is pro- odd. I, I mean, mean, all I know is that I would never want the back of my head <laughs> to be shown. But and and yes, it it is it is it makes it it is. I understand what you're saying. But can that, you cut to the booth? That maybe the fan should be served. It, yeah. it shouldn't be about the fact that boogers on a crane right. and that makes it different. And and that may be something that they do and they critique themselves in a post show meeting or whatever. Right. But I think that they're trying to establish them uh, and you know Lisa salters has been at it she's she's the you can't even call her the veteran of that crew because they have she, she's done millions of broadcasts nba as well um and tessator has been at it i mean he was he was doing the local uh nbc um sports at night right. when i was there as a sports center anchor so obviously he's a veteran at it as well and you've got two guys who've never done it before well, I, I feel and bad it's going to take it's going to take a while you know and there's two there's two ways to go about it there's two ways to go about it one is you just let the chemistry happen and you let people you know uh, get used to it just by by just calling the nuts and bolts of the game and then show you the other vantage points later on or you just go full bore right out of the gate and they're going full bore right out of the gate you know calling each other by their nicknames and, 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 and I guess that that's the way of them showing their chemistry to you. And hopefully right. you feel like you want to be part of their
1: group. It's so forth. And if
2: it's, and if it's your flavor, you're all in. And it. if it's not your flavor, you're all out. And, and, and in terms of what I plan on doing this weekend, just so you know, I plan on doing the following. I plan on calling it down in the distance.
1: That's it. <laughs> well, the, that's my, it. I'm
2: serious. Again, I, I, my issue I, 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 is that not... that's all I want to do is I, call you call it down in hmm. the distance and, and, and meet the moment when it when it when it arrives if it, if we're fortunate enough for a moment to arrive as you know some of these london games there are not many moments sometimes right. so i'm i'm hoping that i get to meet the moment i realize the moment despite my lack of experience doing this that i meet the moment with the proper amount of emotion um and and let the other guys do their job as well and uh, you by the end of the broadcast would go you know what that was a good listen well here's what That's i would say what I that, want.
1: here's what i would say that and i want to get to lebron cuz we only have a minute or two left here's just t- I, I, you guys have never done a game before i'm going to give you leeway on that it's a four-man booth i know here's what I want you to do for me just tell the producer the director whoever one booth shot per half that's all well the
2: thing is is we're in wembley and from what i've been told the wembley booth has been built for a for two brits to call a soccer game okay not for four americans good. to call a football good. game good so we're there they they might not even be able to fit a camera in there. Right. I mean they they had a camera shot of Gumbel, uh, Arians and um and Trent Green right. in the booth for CBS this past week for Chargers Titans. I saw that shot and <laughs> they they basically were like a group hug. So claustrophobia I mean, better monitors, not got be a problem. Guys, I got a, you need yeah. a spot. I mean, look, there's so many moving parts to this thing um and just the mere fact that again, it's it is it is just a visual spectacle. But all I know is that I have been sitting on my ass for decades listening to people call games, and I know what I like and I know what I don't like. Right. And I know what I'm going to try to do on Sunday, and I hope you'll you'll enjoy it by the end. As
1: long as you guys don't show the booth every five minutes like ESPN, I'll enjoy it. We are it. not. Okay, And, and me- you will not
2: see the back of my head either. Perfect.
1: And mention the point spread at the end. All right. Give me a little...
2: Yeah, I heard about that. Like, yeah. my guy Brockman, who's a big gambler on yeah. my show here, is like, will you mention the spread? And I'm like, come on, man. Al, Al you know?
1: flat out mentioned the over-under. Or something. He's not even trying to bullshit. He just comes <laughs> right Al's out. Not
2: a- Al's not on the NFL Network. That
1: is true. <laughs> Give me... I know you got to go. Give me one minute. LeBron sure. in L.A what's the vibe is it lebron mania oh. is it is, is who's bigger lebron or the rams right now in la
2: oh god it's not even close it's, really it's lebron right i mean it's, it's just not even close look i mean the rams again the rams are an exciting team the rams are terrific the rams play in an old stadium that that has no cover no shade when it's 80 degrees out, it feels like it's 100. <laughs> I'm serious.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I believe. And,
2: and, and the folks in Los Angeles, despite loving a winner, they like going to a game where there's a lot of bells and whistles, and, and it's, a, it's a tough spot to, to get in and out of. And um, But I will say this. For that Thursday night game between the Vikings and the Rams, the place had an incredible atmosphere. right? And the place was filled. There were a ton of Vikings fans, I might add. And the Packers fans are going to no doubt hit – hit Hub like crazy coming up this week. And there's a lot of L.A. fans, certainly since Sunday is going to be Game 5 of the World Series in Dodger Stadium, they might be apt to cough up their tickets to anybody from Wisconsin who wants them. So it'll be an interesting game this weekend. Uh, the Rams do have a level of interest, but nothing beats, and again, and I say this with the utmost of respect with the Dodgers playing a World Series game here this weekend, this is a Lakers town. It is a Lakers town, a million percent. And the fact now- that LeBron is back here people are lit what are the what are the expectations
1: what are the expectations Oh, making
2: the playoff the expectations of the playoffs okay oh my god making the playoffs and giving and giving the warriors a run for their money well it's like nobody and and, and i even got caught up in it (laughs) because i think that this lakers roster that lebron currently has is while younger and greener i think more talented than the one that he had in cleveland last year i know that they don't have a kevin love equivalent like a, a an uh, an outstanding um all-star uh, equivalent right. but there's you know Kuzma and Hart and you know Lonzo Ball is always interesting i mean so um you know they they have some talented players uh and i i think that they are going to make a run but right now their their transition defense and their perimeter defense is non-existent right. well it's going to take mean, time it's going to take time no i i think it will but they are folks here are beyond pumped up there are right, hell of a lot good. more laker flags on the cars that i see driving around on the freeway than ever before the
1: nba needed lebron in la because if he was the st- still in cleveland the, se- the season's just completely irrelevant meaningless because the warriors just going to march right i mean they're going to do it anyway but at least this gives them a secondary storyline to
2: push all year and look the the three games the lakers have played already i mean you want to continue on your your scenario of you know, power rankings of excitement, right. you know, obviously you've got warriors and you could even name rockets or name another team in the NBA. I and mean, then you got to throw the Lakers in there for, you know, your people who are, are rooting against them as much as they are for them. Right. And, you know, they're, they three games. I mean, they go, they're like Yankee Red Sox games. They last like four hours and, and there's something's going to happen. I mean, we're, you had a, a brawl and one and last night an mm-hmm. overtime game that looked like an ABA contest one forty three, one forty two. Yep. I mean, it's exciting, and 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 it's a it's a hot ticket. My kids mm-hmm. won a Lakers jersey. I mean, it's kind of nuts.
1: Uh, it's crazy. LeBron, more interest in that than the Dodgers in the World Series. No uh, doubt. Uh, yeah. All right, give There's me a, no question. I'm going to let you go. Give me a World Series prediction. <sighs>
2: I think the Red Sox take it, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it.
1: And the Yankees don't need Manny Machado or Bryce Harper. No go get, God, no. Go get starting well, pitching. Please
2: tell me they're not talking about that. Go please get starting
1: pitching. Talking. Starting pitching.
2: Come on, uh, you you and I are lockstep on yeah. that. And I, you know, and and since when did A. Rod become the face of the Yankees, Jimmy? Oh God, I, I that, mean that's
1: that's Fox come on. just Fox totally not knowing what's going on in New York.
2: No, look, and I'm 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 as thrilled for A-Rod as anybody else. I mean, what he did in 2009 was incredible. The Yankees wouldn't have won that World Series in the Gerard, I mean, Jeter's last World Series. He helped. I mean, it, he was I mean, it wouldn't happen without him. Right. So, I mean, he he did, but I mean, so come on.
1: There isn't to, to...
2: To, for, for him to put on a Red Sox uniform and it's supposed to make me uh, right, hurt. Cringe, I, I know Red Sox fans that were hurting more than the Yankee fans over that <laughs> exactly. one.
1: Exactly. There isn't one breathing Yankee fan who cares about Alex Rodriguez wearing a Red Sox. No one's hurt or upset or cringing at it. Nobody and cares. It almost happened. <laughs> and who knows if that happened, if the Red Sox ever get off the schneid. I know. All right. I appreciate the time. Jimmy. Enjoy London.
2: Jimmy, I, I mean, come on, man. I I hope I don't have to call, you know, travel nineteen thousand miles to get a phone call from you to call no. uh, to just to call a game. So, you know.
1: <laughs> I will be watching.
2: Will one be one watching. last thing, you yes. tell me. Is yeah. is uh is Dolan gonna try and destroy WFAN? Is that what he's attempting to do? I right mean now?
1: how how can WFAN do you do how can they stay in business without hearing from the, you know, forward on the Rangers who no one in New York even knows?
2: I mean <laughs> I mean to think. I mean, I wonder what his plan is here. There, what was that? I heard about that yesterday. There's
1: literally one player combined on both teams who maybe fans want to hear an interview with, and that's Kristaps Porzingis. I think Fan will survive if they don't have him on once a year.
2: Oh my God! Could
1: you imagine thinking that's a punishment? That the like the station's going to go out. First of all, it's not the Yankees. It's not the Mets. It's a different. The FAN will move on just fine without any Rangers or or Knicks players doing interviews. My God. Oh, my gosh. It's ridiculous. All right, Jimmy, all right. you take care of yourself. You too. Bye. Enjoy London. All bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. Let me tell you that this episode of the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast is sponsored by HelloFresh. In case you don't know, HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can cook, eat, and enjoy. It's all there for you. Not much for you to do that except make the food. It's very simple. Let me give you a little breakdown of Hello, Fresh. There's three plans to choose from: classic, veggie, and family. Each box you get is made up of fresh, responsibly obtained ingredients from carefully selected farms and high rated trusted sources. You can enjoy not having to plan dinner every night or spending money on takeout or worry about gathering ingredients week after week. All the ingredients come pre-measured in handy labeled meal kits so you know which ingredients go with which recipe. Another thing that's great about HelloFresh is what I like personally. There's a lot of one-pot recipes, so you can really do the cooking quickly and have minimal cleanup, which is obviously most important after the taste of the meal. And you can get these delicious filling meals delivered right to your door every week for less than $10 per serving and shipping. So let me just tell you, the best thing about HelloFresh is it it cannot be easy to use. Everything comes nicely packaged. The directions are there, nice, easy-to-read cards. All you do is follow the steps. That's it. You follow the steps, and you get a delicious meal out of it. Now, of course, we have a little something here for the SI Media Podcast listeners. If you visit HelloFresh.com slash Media60... Media60. You will get a total of $60 off. That's $20 off your first three boxes. All you have to do is visit HelloFresh.com slash Media60 and enter Media60. That's right. The promo code, again, Media60. And all you have to do is visit HelloFresh.com slash Media60. It's like receiving six free meals, basically, with this promo offer or up to 50% off three boxes. Can't beat that deal. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash media 60 and then enter media 60 when you are there all right joining me now the man who broke the initial james dolan maggie gray story and then uh went at it a little bit well it was a little one-sided with mike Francesa on twitter but we'll get into all that he was here last week very happy came back on short notice but had to have him on after what happened on monday new york Post sports media columnist andrew Marshan. andrew how are you
0: jimmy i'm well
1: how you doing i'm doing well um let's get right into it um well first things first anything new on the maggie dolan msg front after everything sort of exploded on monday
0: no i mean as far as i've been told that you know msg has continued to keep their position uh so nothing new as of yet i do think that the one thing Mike Francesca may have tried to do is to set himself up to maybe be the hero to try to bring things back together. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I wouldn't put that out of the realm of possibility that he tries to be the hero. But who knows?
1: Now, MSG, are they really dumb enough to think by not putting Knicks and Rangers related people on FAN that it hurts FAN in any way, shape or form? I mean, it's, co- it's a completely ridiculous punishment that has no teeth.
0: But the boycott of Intercom across the country has a little bit of teeth.
1: But what are they... But they're So what? Not
0: financially. It's not even financially that big a deal, but they, look, there's some poor guy who's working in L.A. who is working at an Intercom radio station in Los Angeles who wants to do an event at the L.A. Forum that Dolan in the Garden owns, and he's At the moment, he's going to be unable to do that. And so, um, you know, that's an issue for that person. And so um, when you, you know, for that guy, he had nothing to do with Maggie Gray's statement. He might not even know who Maggie Gray is. Uh, Now he might. But, you know, that person's going to have it. So that's where it impacts their business. So, as usual, it's going to affect the little guy who has nothing to do with this, you know, more than it really impacts. Because you're right, your initial comment about, do we really need to hear from a Nick or ranger on any of these shows? I mean, does it really add anything? I mean, most people tune in. Maybe get a big marquee guest, sure, that might help. But I don't think there's any marquee guest right now on the Knicks right. uh, nor the
1: ranger. I mean, there isn't one ranger who moves the needle, and I think, you know, FAN will survive without Christoph Porzingis being on one day a year for 10, for ten minutes.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. That's not going to... And that the teams aren't that good. But I don't think that's really. I think it's more of, and I don't know this. This is a little bit of conjecture. I think, you know, Dolan found out about Maggie's comments. It was a big deal. She did get too personal. She's admitted that, and she's right. That it was too personal. doesn't matter what you think of Jim Dolan.
1: Right. It's just
0: not the way to make an argument. Right. Um, but he probably said, we have to do something about this. We have to retaliate. They also, I know from MSG people that. They were upset that after she said it that nobody from FAN or Entercom reached out earlier and just said, you know what? You know, we made a mistake. That was too much. We're sorry about that. Now, I've been told that. The other, the only thing is I talked to some other people with connections in radio, and I don't know. If, if they had done that, I'm not sure if that would have been enough. Maybe. Right. I mean, that's what the people I've talked to, you know, who have knowledge of what the garden was thinking. But, um, uh... You know, push comes to shove, without a bit enough, I'm not
1: positive. So only as he can do, Mike Francesa tries to break down the Maggie Dolan feud and, or the James Dolan Intercom Radio FAN feud. And then, in the last couple of minutes of his, of his uh, monologue there, makes it, throws a little bomb at everyone by saying that, well, he said a couple of things. One, his return to WFAN has been very uncomfortable. And two he does not think now the app for 8.99 a uh-huh. month and his radio show can coexist together. The fascinating thing about that is he then after your column i believe went up on newyorkpost.com since you are the sports media columnist for newyorkpost.com he then went on twitter and said for the dense media aka andrew marchan uh, the app's not going anywhere. Well mike 2 hours ago you said the mic, the, the app and the show can't coexist. So, uh, I mean, I would be stunned beyond belief if he left the Fan Show. Your thoughts?
0: Now he's on the record saying he's not giving up the app, so something has to give. Yeah,
1: but on the record There's does not mean a, yeah, but on the record does not mean anything with Mike. You know that.
0: You're right. That that is true. He he needs the line I just wrote in a column. He needs a GPS to find out what he's thinking. So. Um, That is true. But but there's three things that could be happening here. Two are obvious. One, I don't think is as obvious, um, which by the time this goes up, the column should be up where I write about this. Uh, So people can go to newyorkpost.com and read my column. Uh, The number one obvious thing, he agreed to a financial um, amount that he'd be paid when he came back. No contract was signed, which is not that unusual because of the quickness that everything happened back in uh, late April, uh, and it was a pay cut. I don't know the exact number, but I do know it was a pay cut. And now he says, you know what? I want more money. I've delivered some ratings in the, in the spring. We'll see about the fall. We'll get that get to that in a moment. Um, and so that's number one, a little negotiating move. Number two, he may have um, been doing kind of a Trumpian move here where his good buddy Jim Dolan taking all the attention and he tells Jim, hey Jim, look, watch this. I'm going to get everyone, the post, everyone else talking about me wow. instead of you and your decision. Now, that is like kind of Trump. He's like, is he really that smart? Did he really do that? Or is he just a narcissist who needs all the attention?
1: Now um, you're getting into some I'll heavy call, uh, heavy conspiracy theories
0: yeah. there. Uh, so, uh, I you make the call. I don't know. I, I don't even know. Really. I, I, I'm not sure. It's like, do you want to give him that credit or do you not? I, 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 maybe I think it's not. Maybe, maybe it's way out
1: there. Yeah, my, my theory is that The app does not have that many subscribers. Um, I think... I don't... I'll say this. I don't think when Mike and his people set the price at $9 a month, I don't think Mike knew enough about technology, apps, etc., that he knew that that was so preposterous. And I think once that price point got out in the public and people were flipping out about how ridiculously expensive it was... I think, I think he was genuinely stunned by that. I really do. So I do think... Uh, I, My theory would be he's looking for a way to get out of the app, but again, he went on Twitter last night and said the app is staying. So... Uh, and he c- said
0: it, as it turned out, he also said it on the show. You know, it's hard to listen to every second. Right. As he turned out. But thank God for the Funhouse. He's like a national treasure for
1: right. like me but he- and
0: you. Uh, he, he had that sound where he said on the air that... Uh, um, that, they
1: can't. That he, co- that he was not.
0: Gonna, he's going to continue with the app, but yeah. but Jimmy, people are listening. And I did say three points. Can I just make the third point? Go ahead. I think it's a good one. The rating in the fall. Will Birdie told me. Now they haven't completed the first month. That's my first. Um, thing. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you really judge ratings over three months for radio ratings, right. not over mm-hmm. weekly, not over. However, first week, when what I'm told, um, Mike did very well might have won the first week and the second week, but very close in one of those weeks, one of the weeks Kay finished seventh. Last week, the last week that's where it was recorded, because um, it takes them a while for them to get the rating, mm-hmm. K finished second, and Francesa, I was told, finished seventh. Now, that's just for one week. Right. And so, if you're Mike Francesa, do you maybe try to get out before you lose? I'm not saying he's going to lose. Right. You know, if I had to predict, I'd probably still say he's going to win, but... Being scared might be a factor. I,
1: I the only my only issue with that theory is that I don't know if one week of ratings would cause him to then go to this extreme. Where no, but it might
0: make him say. It might make him say, "I need to look at things again." there's A lot of conjecture. Usually, I like to just may say all these things based off of reporting. This is conjecture, right? Um, here, but coincidence. It, sometimes, I mean, if you Bobby V used to say to me when I covered the Mets, he doesn't believe in coincidence. Sometimes I, I think that theory is kind of correct. Well, it's just kind of interesting that those, they just got those ratings, and he's kind of saying, well, maybe the two aren't compatible. And also, here's the thing about the app and the show. And, you know, we're a little bit younger. We're kind of a little bit, or not as young as we used to be, but we're still young enough to understand apps and all that kind of thing. And if you're starting an app, a subscription-based business, it's a full-time job. Not a you know let me dilly dally a little bit now mm-hmm. it's a full-time gig right here he already has a full-time gig so if you want to do it right you got to be on it all the time when people want it if they're gonna because the, the thing you know in your business and you know the core business of si and what the athletic you know have to deal with and any business the post a subscription retention is just as hard if not more difficult than attracting people to first try your product mm-hmm. and to me, I can't imagine he's going to get too much retention with the output of extra stuff, which has been limited that he's put out so far.
1: Now, I, listen, I do appreciate you throwing out all these theories and wild conspiracies, but do you not do you do you not think it's just as simple as Mike realizing and having an epiphany that you you the app you the app will not be successful if what you pay nine dollars a month for on the app is also available for free on WFAN. I mean, it's... You may be
0: right, Jimmy. You may be right. I'll tell you what. And Maybe I'm missing it because it was so obvious It's to so me. simple, I mean, right. Saw the initial column that I wrote, I said he could be successful with an app, but not an app that is doing the exact same thing. He's offering for free for nearly 18 hours right. a week. I mean, <laughs> I get it's look. There's, I, I, there are some diehards, some people who like to see them on the video, um, you know. But from what I can tell, and again, it's not, you know, this isn't how you do. You know, this is um, going off people I know and just some Twitter, you know, back and forth. I mean, I, I don't know barely anybody. I know one person I think outside of the back after this guy from Twitter. Um, who has the app, right. who I personally know, who right. told me I have the app. Right. And so, um, and actually not, the friend of a friend, quite honestly. And so, um, but beyond that, I don't know anybody who has the app.
1: Well, I can tell you from my research, I don't know one person who has the app. Not one. But again... You don't
0: need that. I mean, look, you need... Here's the, here's the other thing. If he were to do this, and I'm going to write this, and it's up probably now when this goes up, but is that he's going to be irrelevant if he does leave. Now, will he be fully irrelevant? No but in the public eye, you know, things he say, says, you know, they will not be a big deal, they'll be forgotten. That's what, That's the risk he takes in that, in leaving the um, platform of FAN because, you know, Mike Francesa has had a big part of the success of FAN, but, you know, he might be um, A-Rod um, of the history of the uh, WFAN, but WFAN is the Yankee. See I and mean, uh, they're going to be there long after he's gone.
1: I I do think. I do think if Mike left FAN, <laughs> excuse me, left FAN, did subscription only and charged let's say 4.99 a month. I think he would have a lot of subscribers. I really do. But how many's
0: a lot? How is a lot?
1: Enough where he would make a profit. I mean, I don't listen, I can't
0: A profit? He well, wants no. make seven figures.
1: Listen. If you get and
0: then f- let me just say one thing. Let me just say a little side note, too. And then him acting as if, you know, listen, this is Mike. This is why he's still successful, that he's outrageous. Him acting as if Intercom is sweating, getting 20% of his app, that if it was wildly successful, would probably not make eight digits in terms of revenue. So it was widely successful. And what, you know, was probably realistic. If- I doubt Intercom, that has a bazillion radio stations, right. is worried about making 300 grand
1: I, I just think I do think if you can only get them on an app and not on Fan, you charge four ninety nine a month. I think you would have thousands and thousands of subscribers. I do.
0: but the thing is, now look, I studied this very much. So here's the thing: first of all, eight ninety nine is a, is a bad price. Very. So if you're gonna go eight ninety nine, you might as well go nine ninety nine. Because if someone's gonna spend eight ninety nine, they're gonna spend nine ninety nine. So you're leaving a dollar on the table. You keep it under ten. Eight ninety nine makes no sense. The one thing is, though, once you go four ninety nine, which is nearly half, you need twice as many subscribers to make the same amount of money. Right, but I do now.
1: Th- but you you will get those. Tw- you will get twice as many subscribers if you're not on Fan.
0: I guess, but you're still not reaching a lot of people. I mean, yeah. what, I mean honestly, again, we're just going back over hand. He has ninety. You know, my skill ninety four point five. Not looking ninety four. You look it up, Jimmy. Ninety four point five uh, Twitter subscribers, uh, Twitter people right. followers. Uh, is that right?
1: I don't know. I don't. I, I'd have to check. What do you think? On. On. Right. ninety. Let's
0: say ninety-four point five. How many? What percentage of those people is he going to get? Not a high percentage.
1: Um, I don't know about that. Maybe he gets thirty percent. Thirty percent at what?
0: At not at, at four ninety-nine? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not getting anything okay. at 8 dollars percent. Listen, already, listen I'm not going
0: to. That. Eight That's ninety. That's about thirty thousand people.
1: Eight ninety-nine. You're in so thirty
0: thousand. No. Times by the one hundred and fifty grand. Wait, have be one hundred and fifty grand. You're you're have be one hundred and fifty grand a month. Times twelve. So You're talking. What are you? I'm not good at math, but upper almost two. Yeah. Uh, so you one point five to two somewhere in that range. Listen,
1: I, listen. It's um, my podcast. I don't want to do math on it. So let's just move on. Okay.
0: <laughs> it's metrics. We're doing Netflix. Like, our version
1: of metrics. I just want to get into a couple of quick things. I honestly think too. I think he thought like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people were going to subscribe for his Sunday morning NFL show because that's the only unique thing he's doing. I mean, I guess he comes on. I guess he was on last night, like after the Giants game or whatever. But again, who at 11 o'clock at night when they have work the next day is firing up an app? It's just so short sighted. I So it's like, how do you do original stuff? To keep the people paying the eight ninety nine interested, so okay, he has a Sunday morning football show. There's nine million football shows on a Sunday morning. I, 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 yeah. I don't know what I, I'd love to know. You'll never know the answers, but I'd love to know. Like, was the short sightedness on his part? CAA w- who goofed on all this?
0: Really, you really have to ask that. You really don't know.
1: Well, you would think though, if he's going to pay CAA a percentage of his, you know, salary, th- a th- that I, CAA well, what I understand. It's kind of It's, it's not like CAA
0: is like look. Um, You know, CAA represents the biggest people all over um, entertainment sports. Hey, everybody, listen, this is our big... This is, you know, he's friends with, uh, what's his name, Mike Levine, I think, he's the president of CAA. Um, He's friends with that guy, and I think this is more of a favor. And, yeah, there's their financial stakes, sure, but it's not like... The CAA, they always want to make money, so I'm sure they want to make money on this, but... Mike and Mike alone made the price. That's right. what that's what
1: happened. Quick all right, before I let you go, give me a prediction how does all this end? Not
0: well.
1: I will say this um, I someone from FAN told me I don't know, maybe a month ago, two months ago, someone from FAN told me he goes it's not going to end well. This was before all the for Mike. This is before yeah, all this came. Yeah, it's going to be out. ugly. But, how, oh, but it's going to
0: be ugly. I mean, how can it end
1: well? But mean, what tell me what you not, think. What you gonna... Tell me what you think happens. Does he leave FAN do the app? Give me like the official Martian New York Post Sports Media columnist I, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't like making predictions on this stuff i wow. I, I don't i look I think that if i were here, here's what i'd say i'd say um he does his show he, he stays on fam and the app somehow this is an excuse to get rid of the app somehow even right. though it doesn't follow with what he's actually said i would say he does the radio show um because um,
1: that's where the juice is you know
0: that's that's where the juice is right. and that's where the guaranteed money is right. and you know you know and and even like even yesterday perhaps on, on monday he was uh just kind of getting his negotiating position even higher that he's threatening to leave to go do the app
1: right. all right i appreciate you coming on and we will revisit this the next time there's some news
0: my pleasure all See all you, Jimmy. take
1: care all right always fun to talk to rich eisen and andrew Marshan. Enjoyed this week's episode of the SI Media Podcast. Next week, Tony Rialli from ESPN's Around the Horn will be doing an interview with me right here. Archives, check out John Cena from a couple of weeks ago. That was a good interview. Still getting feedback on it. And um, Roman Reigns also in the archives from April if you want to go back and check that. Appreciate you all listening. See you next week right here on the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. Take care.
0: Just search Locked On, your favorite team on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The MX dedicated card member entrance for the win.